everyone, my name is Andy Warren and I have the pleasure of welcoming you to the first of a new podcast series brought to you through Kings of Anglia. Former Ipswich Town, Newcastle and England star Kieran Dyer is getting involved with us and has dusted off his microphone to bring you a series of interviews with current and former players starting today with his chat with Mr Kane Vincent Young. Kieran and Kane discuss his start to life at Tottenham, his formative years at Colchester, why Paul Hurst didn't sign him for Ipswich in 2018 and his impressive start to life at town a year after that. Then there's their shared love of DJing, ideal holiday destinations, playing against Arsenal's Invincibles and much, much more. So sit back, relax and enjoy. Over to you, Kieran. So, how are you doing, Paul? I'm good, thank you. I'm good. I'm on the mend. Obviously, it's been a while out, but I'm hoping that I'm finally going to be back on the pitch. And so, yeah, very much looking forward to that. So, when the local paper came to me, I did this a couple of years ago, Kieran Dyer meets, and they asked me to pick a few present-day players, uh, ex-players, a few members of staff. The first player I mentioned was you. And the reason why I was so intrigued in your story was people use an example of a young lad, me, Titus, the people who came through the academy as inspiration for the young kids. But I think you're an inspiration for our young kids as well because our scholars are now going through their decisions of whether they're going to make get a pro contract, the third year scholar, or be released. And why I say you're an inspiration is that you had the heartbreak of being released at Tottenham, got your head down, didn't quit, carried on your dream, and now you're playing at a club like Ipswich Town. So I just want you to go through that process. What, what was it like the day you were told at Tottenham that there was no future for you? It's the most horrible feeling, you know, around the time of your decision you get called into the room you know you're kind of not too sure what's going to be said and then you know, they just drop it on you like that um, you do feel like your whole world's collapsed um, the hardest thing to do for me was to tell my parents you know they've been so supportive of me ever since I was what, 11 12 taking me to training three four times a week games home and away so to tell them you know I really felt like I'd let them down so um, that was extremely difficult um, and then the coming weeks after that, you know, you're a bit in limbo. You don't know what you're going to do. You've got a million thoughts running through your head. Um, and yeah, it was, a, it was a lot for me to process. But, um, you know, luckily for me, I've got great people around me. And, you know, I find a kind of resilience to kind of, you know, carry on, keep going. And I'm, I'm you know, so grateful to Colchester for, for giving me another opportunity. I've been in the meetings as a coach when you break the news, the, the bad news to a kid. And I find it. Some kids are not. Some people are not stupid. Some kids come into that meeting knowing they're going to get the bad news. So when you drop the bad news, it's not a shock to them. The ones that it really affects is when it's a shock to them when they think that they are going to get a pro or a third year scholar, and then you break the news to them. Did you? Did you know you weren't going to get, or were you in one of them when it was a bit of a shock where you thought there was a possibility of you getting a third year or a pro? It's actually a really good question. No one ever asked you that kind of question, yeah. what you were thinking. Um, to be honest, I didn't think I'd get a pro because, you know, I knew that they were very, very kind of selective at handing out pros. And in the past, I've seen a lot of third years been given up. So, you know, I was hoping for a, for a third year, um, you know, carrying on with all the boys that I'd, I'd come through with. So, um, yeah, I wasn't too sure about getting a pro, but I thought, you know, maybe a third year, they'd give me another year to see how I developed. So, yeah. And then how did it come about going to non-league? Did you have an agent at the time or... No, no, I didn't. did Tottenham help you? I didn't have an agent. Um, I think at the time I knew somebody that um, had like a link to that non-league team and obviously at that stage it was coming to pre-season. 
you know, it's like if you haven't played games, you're not sharp. So I needed to find somewhere to play, and that was the only option. So I had no choice. And again, doing my research on you, played two games, was it for for Banbury? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you must have done something well in the two games for then for Colchester to come along and offer you the trial. Um, yeah, I remember after. Um, Actually, no, tell her, like before before one of the games for um for Banbury, uh, I got a call from one of Colchester's uh, recruitment guys asking me if I wanted to come in for a trial. Uh, one of their right backs had just been injured and they needed a right back for for the twenty ones. Um, obviously, I jumped at the opportunity, so I remember playing the game. And I think on the Monday I was in a Colchester. Brilliant. So going back to Spurs, you were there for a number of years through the academy, going up through all the age groups. Who were the big inspirations for you, coach and staff, players? Um. John McDermott was brilliant, the, the, the academy manager. He's one of those guys, like, when you're growing up, like, scary, scary guy. But it's only once you've left that you realise that everything he was doing for you was, you know, was good. Uh, Chris Ramsey as well. Chris Ramsey was uh, was the guy that signed me. Um, so, I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd single out those two. And then kind of playing-wise, um, I had a really good age group, actually. But um, the three that I was closest with, uh, Harry Winks, a boy called Will Miller, and Eman Tanuk, we kind of all came through at the same time. So they were kind of my three closest friends. So, you know, we did our journey together. Brilliant. Harry Winks obviously got on to England, so he was the he was the standout boy, even in the younger age groups, was he? Did you always know that Harry was going to even exceeded your expectations? From a young age, to be honest, I, I knew he'd play for Tottenham. You could just tell. Yeah. Like how he plays now is exactly the same as how he played back then. He's just grown up a little bit, but you know he stuck to his principles, and you know I'm delighted to see him doing so well. And that culture start, obviously, the trial went really well. Um, you got your was it a pro or a third year scholar got they gave? Got a pro for a year. Yeah. Um, got to the end of that year, they offered me another year, and then um, that was the year that I kind of broke in, started playing. So then you know you get your your two years after that, but it's one of those things you know having played in non league, I was so eager to to grasp that opportunity you know I'd seen what it's like there and I thought you know that's not something that I want to do so I, I made sure I had to do everything I could to you know to get a contract at Colchester and then another one and then another one I took nothing for granted Have you always been a fullback? because the reason I say that is because the Ashley Coles up my era all the fullbacks in my era were wingers they were quick they were rapid and then they seemed to end up as the modern day fullback who are attacking so yeah, were you fair, always I'm, been a fullback I'm no different I started off as a number yeah, nine I, I feel like everybody does yeah, course, and then um, yeah. yeah went to the wing to be fair I played everywhere I'd say other than in goal but um, yeah started as number nine played a lot on the wing and then naturally I just yeah kind of dropped back and found my position at fullback so now I know why you won the goal of the goal of the season <laughs> at Colchester you're uh, because you're a number nine so you've got it somewhere in the locker somewhere deep down it comes out every now and then so that brings me on to the next point. So I noticed when you first became a regular in the Colchester team, you suffered an injury yeah. for very early that yeah. set you back two or three months. And it seems that at Ipswich, you, you set the world on fire and then this injury's uh, set you back. How do you deal with injuries? I've had a lot of injuries in my career and speaking to other players, it is, it is like a mental warfare going on in your head at times and... Absolutely. You know, I think, you know, you know what injuries like, they're the worst thing. And I think the, the key for me is having good people around me. You know, I couldn't do it without having, you know, my parents especially around me, you know, my sister, um, friends and family in general, you know, they've all been so supportive because it has, it has been a really tough time, you know, especially mm. because everything was going so well. But um, 
yeah, I think you just yeah, you have to surround yourself with good people, try and keep that positive mental outlook. Um, the boys have been great as well, and all the staff, you know, um, I've very much still felt like part of the group, even though I haven't been playing. So that's gone a long way for me as well. We talked about influences at Tottenham. You mentioned John McDermott. What about Colchester? Obviously, Tony Humes gave you your debut, yeah. and then obviously you had John McGrill. Yeah. John McGrill's got a wonderful connection with this yeah. club. Yeah. yeah. Um, were they the two big influences for you? Or? Yeah, I'd say Tony Humes, Richard Hall as well. I can't forget. Uh, I can't forget Richard. Oh, yeah, of course, he was, yeah. Um, yeah, Tony's assistant, but he started off in the twenty ones as well. So yeah. I think you know that helped me massively in terms of he knew exactly what I was about when he was bringing me into the first team. And then obviously John and Steve Ball as well. Um, you know, I played most of my games under them. Um, two great guys. Um, you know, gave me the room to develop, make my mistakes, and their door was always open for me. And you know, still now we have a we have a great relationship. So you know, I'm hoping they uh, they get promoted. Last season, did you think you had a, not you personally, but the team Colchester had a disappointing season because you're geared for the playoffs to at least make the playoffs and obviously falling short. And it looks like it's touch and go this year for yeah, them as well. Yeah, yeah. To be yeah, we were all extremely disappointed. I think the the squad that we had, the players that we've had, um, you know, we should have we should have been in there. I mean, we were four minutes away. Um, which makes it even, you know, even more bitter pill to swallow. But um, yeah, we and we, we, um, we were all winners in that, that dressing room as well. You know, we wanted to achieve things. We wanted to do well. You know, um, so yeah, it was hugely disappointing. Um, yeah, so like I said, especially being so close to doing it as well. But it's something, it's something that you learn from. But you know, likewise, I had a, um, I had a great time last season. Yeah, a great time last season with the boys. I think it's rare in football that you have a dressing room where everybody gets on. So um, you know, that dressing room was probably one of the best dressing rooms I've been in. What was mind-boggling for me was the start of last season. You came <laughs> to this football club on trial. I think you went on pre-season yeah, tour, didn't you? Yeah, you went yeah, on yeah. pre-season tour <laughs> and Paul Hurst decided that you weren't for him. Yeah. It was, did you have a good trial? Did you... Because the way you've started this season, it looked like if you were coming in on trial, it was a no-brainer because... No disrespect to the right backs we've had in the past, but we've had Chambo having to do a stint out there. It didn't work with uh, Jordan Spence. It hasn't worked with Josh Emmanuel. Right back has been a problem area. You come in at the start of pre-season. It looks like a no-brainer that you're going to come in and fill that void. And uh, for some strange reason, you you weren't offered anything. It so, was yeah, yeah. It was a weird one to be honest. I mean, I got a call from my agent at the time saying. Um, you know, Ipswich are interested, uh, but they want you to, um, yeah, to spend the week with them in Spain. Um, I was out of contract at Colchester actually, so it was only the compensation. Mm. Um, so, you know, I wanted to come here, obviously. Yeah, so, of course, um, yeah. Yeah, I remember meeting the boys at the airport. It was, it's a kind of a weird, I'd never met any of them before. Of so course, I met, yeah. I met them at Stansted, you know, they're all in their tracksuits. I'm there in my night tracksuit. Yeah. I'm going up to them saying, oh, hi, yeah, I'm joining you for a week. So, um, but no, I actually really, you know, I enjoyed the time out there, um, played a game and then got a call uh, a day or two after we landed back saying, oh, we don't want to do anything. So, um, yeah, it was a bit of a strange one, but, you know. How did you play in the game? How did you perform in the week in training? I thought I did all right, to be yeah, fair. Yeah, so. I, I thought I did all right. I didn't think I looked out of place. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was one of those ones, you know, when I got the call to say they don't want to do anything, my mind was okay, right, well. You know, I want to go back to Colchester um, yeah. and play another season. And I think I'm much better off for playing another 40 games. And then the following year, <laughs> the following year, 
obviously, when did you get the news? Did you get the news from the club or again from your agent that there'd been a, a fee accept, a, a fee agreed? Or yeah, it all happened very quickly. Um, trying to think back. So yeah, I got a call. To be fair, I spoke to uh, knowing Chamber from last year. Yeah. Um, I spoke to Chamber. I spoke to Robert Jordan Roberts. Um, they said, oh, you know, the club are looking to bring in a right back. Like, you know, do you want to come in? I said, yeah, absolutely. Um, so from there, it all kind of happened quick. I think that was a, th- a Thursday, and then um, yeah, by the Monday, I think the deal was really close. So I'm yeah. playing the second game of the season uh, for Colchester, having you know knowing about all of this in my head, which is you know kind of new for me. So yeah, got through that, and then the Monday the deal was closed. I think by the Tuesday or the Wednesday, I was staying up at the Salt House, getting ready to meet the manager. Yeah. And yeah, Thursday, Friday, the deal was over the line. So yeah, it was my first experience, obviously, a transfer. But um, yeah, it all happened very quickly. Did you know that you could handle the step up division? Or um, I played League One before. Yeah. Um, you know, when I made my debut at Colchester, yeah, of course, League yeah. One. So, um, but I just think it's a case of you have to back yourself. Yeah. You know, um, being an ambitious young player, you want to test yourself at the highest level. So you want to go in and 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 play like you belong. And um, yeah, you know, I I went in there and. Um, well, for the first seven games it went really well so you seem mentally strong but even in your wildest expectations did you think you could set get the ground going as quick as what you you actually did um, two goals in your first seven appearances <laughs> to a be fan favourite I think you got player of the month yeah, PFA yeah. player of the month yeah. it is one of the most perfect starts to a, a career I have to say it did um, it, out, it outdid my expectations yeah. a bit you know I know I, I, you know, I believe myself that I'd come in and do well and make an impression but that was you know yeah it was a bit crazy thinking about it it was a bit of a whirlwind as well especially when a team are playing so well winning always makes it that much easier as well but yeah it was a you know I look back at that with like you know I know it wasn't long ago but you know such fond memories of going, you know, going out to Portman Road top of the league playing winning playing well as well so you know the first couple of games were yeah unbelievable and a lot's been made of our fans. I'm an Ipswich Town fan. We were getting 12,000 average last year in the Championship. Mm-hmm. To see 20,000 turning up in Div 1 yeah. must be like, wow. It's unheard of, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it? I couldn't believe it. I felt like I was playing in the Championship game. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, the fans have been unbelievable. Not just the home fans as well, but the away fans. Um, that's not something I've really been used to. I remember Fleetwood when I came off um, half time I was getting dressed and I heard a loud cheer I was thinking oh no you know they must have scored yeah of course yeah. so I was expecting to come out and see 1-0 to Fleet but it was 1-0 to us and I was thinking I can't believe our fans made that much noise it's crazy so yeah the fans have been unbelievable is it frustrating we've talked about injuries but you leave the team we're top of the league it looks like we're certainties to go up and now we're here in March and we're ninth in the league Yes, it's it's tough. It's been it's been tough watching as well. You know, um, we are look, we're we're a good team. That's the reality of it. Um, but we we have to take accountability, and um, you know we've got nine or ten games left, and we have to try and recapture that form that saw us top of the league at the start of the season. You know, everybody here. You know, we owe it to the fans. We owe it to ourselves. You know, we're good players, and you know we're very keen to turn it around. We're an honest bunch, and we want to do the best that we can. You said nine to ten games. Are you hoping to feature in some of them nine to ten games? Without a doubt, I'm working my hardest to make sure. You know, I want to come in and help the boys. Um, you know, we need everybody. You know, we've got other injuries, but we need all the bodies around us because you know it's going to take more than eleven players to do it. Yeah, good. Let's get back to you. More about you. Who did you support when you were growing up? Big Arsenal fan. 
Big Arsenal fan and you're at Tottenham. Oh, <laughs> Everybody says this. Wow. So, one of my, maybe I'm a bit older than you, but one of my big heroes, I was a John Barnes fan, but my second favourite player was Ian Wright. I suppose Henri was your yeah, of course, of big course. inspiration. Of course, same haircut, same boots, same gloves, you know, same shirt number when I was growing up. I used to play out front all because of him. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, one of the best to do. I was... Uh, very fortunate to play against the Invincible team and that team had everything when you talk about beasts when you were in the change room you looked up you don't realise how big Henri was he was over 6 foot Burkamp over 6 foot Vieira <laughs> over 6 foot Gilberto even Perez people think Perez is a small winger Perez was an absolute beast it was uh, and that was when Highbury was tight as well yeah, what a yeah. tight pitch that was so Arsenal so you've played for Tottenham, you've played for Colchester. What was the first result you look for on a Saturday? Still Arsenal. Do you know what? Yes, it is Colchester. Yeah, Colchester, yeah, that's yeah. good to hear. I mean, you know, I only left there this season. I was there for, for five years. Um, there's so many good people at that club that I wish all the best, you know. I'm still in contact with all of them. So, yeah, you know, I, I, I genuinely do still have a lot of love for them. So, and I want them to do well. So I always look out for their results. And then other than that, it's just, you know, boys that I've played with up and down the leagues always checking out and, and how they're doing and at the minute to be fair the way Arsenal are going I look at them last because it's, it's, it's tough times at the minute so. <laughs> it's tough times at the minute so it is sad to see yeah, it is sad to yeah, see yeah yeah. away from the game of football what's your interest what do you like I hear you're a big music fan yeah yeah I love, love my music into my music I'd love to start uh, to start DJing at one point I've heard that <laughs> which is going to bring on to I've, my I've, next I've, question I've always, I've always said that so yeah no um yeah music's one of my one of my big interests um you know just being around my friends and my family um I do like to read as well actually yeah I do like to read as I well. hope you've read my book <laughs> <laughs> you'll send me a copy <laughs> yeah. so yeah with the music I I can DJ and the uh who taught me to DJ was uh someone um you know quite well with yeah. DJ Spoonie, yeah, so yeah. how come you haven't hooked him up to sort you out and teach yeah. you how to mix and stuff? To be fair, the rumour has it that you were going to teach me. That's what he said. Yeah? But he said, if I ask nicely, he can teach me, but maybe I can get the best of both worlds. So I'm better than him already, though. <laughs> that's the scary thing. Bless him. <laughs> what kind of mood would you mix? Garage? Um, house? Do you know what? Hip-hop and, yeah. yeah, kind of the 80s as well. So a bit of a, a, bit of a mix there, but yeah both of those genres I'd love to do so whenever you've got some spare time no problem your dream holiday um, favourite holiday destination my be the best holiday I've been on um, I went to LA and Las Vegas last summer okay. which was yeah, incredible incredible that's fantastic um, places that I'd like to go I want to visit Dubai I've never been before uh, yeah. and New York as well so hopefully I can do those in the next couple of years where what is your Obviously, do you set yourself goals? As a player, I set myself goals. I want to achieve this, I want to do this, do that. What is your ultimate goal? I want to play as high as I can. Yeah. You know, yeah. So everything that I do is geared towards me kind of making as much progress as I can. You know, I'm still young enough to, to get that. I don't know what level it will be, but I want to give myself the best chance. So I've always said to myself, you know, I want to get... Once I look back on my career, I want to say that I've gotten every bit or as much of my ability as I can get out, so... So, what is inevitable? You've seen it. Obviously, you've been out of injury, but you've seen it with Flynn and Wolfie and Dozer and the thing. Yeah. 
we are known to sell players. We have assets and we have to sell them to maybe invest back in the team. When the team got promoted in 2000, they sold me. Mm-hmm. With their money, they bought with me four players. So the inevitable outcome if we don't go up in the summer is the likes of Wolfie, the likes of Flynn, the, the likes of yourself, that maybe um, other clubs in higher divisions will come and try and grab you. Do you still think you'll be an Ipswich Town player next season? <laughs> um, I would love to be. I have, yeah. to, I have to say that, you know, I always say it, but I genuinely do mean it. You know, the way people have taken to me here, uh, being a London boy as well, I was always a bit sceptical of living kind of outside London, not in the city. Yeah. Because I do love the city, but up here, like, I genuinely just feel really settled. The people are so nice. Um, I've actually found nice stuff to do as well. So, I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd hope to be. You never know, but I, I do I do hope to be. And I do feel like I've only just got here as well. You know, I've only just got into the door. But, you know, you, you yourself, you know what football's like. But Well, I want to be Ipswich Town Manager one day. Um, who knows when that'll be, and hopefully you'll still be a player. That'd be nice. When I come and manage, and if I am your manager in a Premier League team comes to buy you, I won't tell you. <laughs> so. I won't mind as long as you're playing me. <laughs> it's good to speak to you. Pleasure. And I hope Love you get fit you. very soon. Thank you very much. Cheers. Top man. Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.